if you're if you're manic depressed, see see a GP, do a Zoom, get get mental health issues, and see a therapist. You won't regret it. If you're kind of just like a little bit depressed, you don't really feel like you need to do that. Do one thing today. If you're listening to this, just do one thing today that's going to make you happy. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about the whole day. Don't worry about all the hours of the day. Just just find one thing and do it that is 100% going to make you happy, whether it's just go to the park and go pat someone else's dog. Or, <laughs> um, I, I don't know, just go for a run, go for a walk. It doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be goal orientated, but just do something that makes you happy. Welcome to another episode of Couple of Lattes. I'm your host, Jacques Massey. And today I sit down with my guest, Christian Pillett, known by his production alias, Color Castle, and the founder of Hot Sunday Records. Today, we're going to talk all things mental health. Just be aware that this is a conversation. None of this is medical or psychological advice. If you are struggling with mental health, make sure you go see your GP, see a psychologist, or just ask for help. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, and if you're using Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating. If you have the time, please leave a review as well so that we can get ahead on that algorithm and reach more potential listeners. Obviously, we kind of know each other, but anyone listening right now has no idea who Christian Pilot is. So, how about you You start with you, Chris. Um, I guess a question to ask is, what gets you going in the morning when you wake up? What is it you're passionate about? And then give us a little spiel about who you are as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right, I'll start with who I am quickly. Okay, so Christian Pilot, I own Hot Sunday Records. I co-own Disco Fiesco Records and Borderline Recordings. And I am an artist, a musician. Um, I'm part of Color Castle. I do all the DJ sets and I have a co-writer called Casper Trump who writes a lot of the music, mm-hmm. 90% of the music with me. I also write with Dolly and Gary Destructo and Casper for a project called Missingo. Um, so heavily involved in music and the music business. Um, regularly I'd be touring, DJing, doing gigs. At the moment uh, it's more just like label work and music creation um yeah that's pretty much who i am on a business and professional standpoint um on the personal level what probably gets me going is just like i really want to learn like i'm kind of like really passionate about growing as a human being and just like becoming a better person um always kind of have been i think and i'm just like gradually found more and more ways to become better at that and um i guess that's probably what gets me up and going um, if the first thing I do in the morning generally is either a breathing exercise or um, like just a small amount of meditation, um, or if I've got a Zoom, I'll just jump straight on a Zoom and do that afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So it's that passion um, and that drive for learning, you said it's something you've always had with you. Has there been moments where it's kind of lapsed and you've felt as if something's missing in your life, like moments of suffering or like harder moments in life, or has it just always kind of been there? No, nah, 100%. The first 25 years was just a massive struggle. I think I've always wanted to do great things and I've always wanted to be able to play instruments and I've just always struggled with actually learning and I've never really understood why. And uh, I'm talking about like, you know, reading a page of a book and not being able to remember what I've just read. Like I'm only just now at 30 years old 
finally getting to be able to actually focus and read for the first time. Mm. Um, I think the the first, say, 25 years of my life from when I could even, my earliest memory, I've always been really frustrated in my emotions. And I think it's just really interesting because I had a perspective of what I thought people are meant to feel like or what someone's meant to be like. And I was always just really frustrated that I wasn't happy. I could never understand why. And I could never understand why I couldn't like learn things this way. Maybe other people learn things and always found like a bit, bit like de- depressed, I'd say, without even knowing that I was depressed. And so it wasn't until I was, when did I first, it was, I was pretty much, it was two years ago, two and a half years ago. So 28. Yeah. Which is um, when the first time I actually saw professional help by seeing a doctor, a GP, and they're like, oh, actually, we, you might be bipolar. <laughs> so that, that was, yeah, basically, my um, partner worked in mental health. She still does work in mental health. She did um, a degree in uh, forensic psychology and psychology. And after two and a half, almost three years together, she goes, oh, you know, a lot of your traits you know, lead towards some sort of mental illness. Like it's not, it's kind of like there's some instability there. Your mood changes and, it can, you know, it's not it's not quite right. Because, you, you, you know, if you see someone about this and you figure out kind of what that instability is, that chemical imbalance is, you might be able to work towards just being a lot ha- happier and healthier and having a more stable mood. And I was like, oh, okay. I just thought there was something wrong with me, but I didn't realise it was something I could kind of like work on in that in that regard. So when I saw my GP, got the Medicare um, 12, 12 passes for the 10, 10 yearly passes for a discounted um, psychologist and psychiatrist. I saw a psychiatrist three times, I think, and a psychologist maybe four times in the space of two months. And I was diagnosed by both of them, both of them as bipolar type two. And basically each time I saw either the psychiatrist or psychologist, I just got different tools and tr- tricks and tips and was able to actually start working towards this kind of like invisible enemy that I've been fighting my whole life without even knowing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fascinating, bro. Thank, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. That's uh, that's the first time I've heard it as well. Um, so thanks for that, dude. Like it feels yeah, good no, to course. like just be brave about those kind of vulnerabilities, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, like if anyone out there listens to this and goes, oh, you know, my mood's imbalance it could be even minor like you if there's no harm in seeing someone for help you know see the gp first tell them just be completely honest with what your problems are and see who they recommend you might might see someone because it could be as little as just like getting regular sleep eight hours a night could help you so much like it could change your life it could actually like make you live longer and make you happier and that's all you need to do is just focus on sleeping more (laughs) (laughs) that's phenomenal how small changes can help hey um a couple of things there i just wanted to I guess, unpack for people listening. Um, yeah, I guess the idea about seeing psychologists and seeing psychiatrists, there's this weird stigma around it, but to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. When you break it down, you go to a doctor because you've got physical problems. So when you've got mental problems, yeah. you go to a doctor of the mind, right? Someone who understands the mind. So like you go to a psychologist, you go to a psychiatrist, but people have this weird stigma that that makes you like fucked up or weird or not normal. And it's like, no, that makes you incredibly intelligent because you're getting your shit yeah. sorted. <laughs> um, and 100%. The, the question I have for you, uh, just quickly, because 
I think there'll probably be a lot of people listening in, wondering now about bipolar, what it is, and whether maybe they have something similar. So do you think you could maybe yeah. kind of give like a brief um, idea on what bipolar is? Yeah, so what I think it's commonly mistaken with is schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. So schizophrenia is like um, multiple personalities, whereas bipolar is manic depressant or manic, oh, sorry, elevation. So I was at times elevated and I actually realized that I put myself into elevation. For example, I did um, train at the gym every day for two months and did bulletproof coffees. So I was on basically the pack, not the kind of like paleo diet where I'd have just fat and coffee in the morning. I wouldn't eat until dinner. I'd have one big meal of just basically fats and proteins, no carbs, and then I'd go to bed. And I actually, because I was doing this, I pushed my, because basically the lack of um, the food and inconsistency of food <laughs> um, kind of pushed me to this elevated um, position. And also I was getting a lack of sleep, which further elevated me. So I was going from basically, you know, a stable mood. I was actually as an accident, pushing myself elevated and elevated by doing all this training, not sleeping very much, doing these bulletproof coffees and just like not eating and have, just having this weird, I was just torturing my body. And in, in, you know, maybe some people can get away with having that kind of um, diet and um, routine at the gym, but for me, it made me elevated. And then, so that's the elevation side of thing. And what, that's what? how I, I could push myself elevated. Yeah. What, what is just quickly, what does being elevated look like or feel like? Um, probably working nonstop, being a little bit jittery, um, reacting maybe quite quickly and emotionally, impatience. Um, another massive thing for elevation is gambling, spending money, shopping. Interesting. Um, a lot of people that maybe bipolar type one get so elevated, they start to think that they're like um, a, a moniker or a Jesus Christ or like a guru or something like that. Right. This is like the type of people that, um, for example, a friend of mine, he, his wife um, is also bipolar, I believe type one or type two. And she's um, seen obviously therapists about it. And she's had friends in the same position due to, due to um, seeking help. And someone that she knew was bipolar and so elevated, they thought that they actually, um, <laughs> what's the Scottish movie Braveheart? They thought they were Braveheart. And they <laughs> thought they had to go to Scotland to say, like, you know, it's just incomprehensible mental illness where you um just lose your mind basically so wow. small amounts of elevation is like very very much like get things done you know you might do gym you might be more inclined to drink take drugs um and so like amphetamines things would push you elevated yeah. uh, lack of sleep makes you elevated and it just yeah it's not very nice the, uh, the problem with the elevation is a lot of people like to feel elevated um and even myself i'd be the same because you actually get a lot of shit done like you know <laughs> you don't sleep much you get a lot of work done but you're very irritable and very stressed and it's not healthy yeah yeah and it's interesting right because when you put yourself in that state and i can't speak um um i guess from a professional standpoint when it comes to bipolar yeah. but in terms of stress when you're stressed um like the science shows when you're in a stressed state, you're just not accomplishing nearly as much purposeful work as if you were in a state or a good emotional mood where you're calm, you're relaxed, you're focused, you're in the zone. It's kind of a difference right yeah. between like being focused and being elevated. Would that be a true yeah. truth? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, massive difference. Like elevated is like as soon as something pops into your head, you have to do it right now. Like if someone messages me on WhatsApp right now and I've got this chat going with you, you know, I'd have that thought, oh, I've got to sort that out. But whereas a stable mood, having a good amount of focus, I've got my phone on do not disturb. I know that my time with you is my time with you mm. and everything else can wait. Mm. So I'm, I'm not uh, edgy and it's like, I don't know, you've ever met someone that it's like everything has to be done right now. That's yeah. kind of like yeah. an elevated, very, very intense, I would say extremely intense sort of personality. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the flip side because you meant there's you, you mentioned you're kind of on this roller coaster almost of being elevated and then there's the big drops, yep. right? Is that like a depressed state or manic depressant? So that's not wanting to get out of bed, um, not wanting to socialize, talk to anyone, really wanting to be alone, and almost you know that that I guess one thing that really sucks about when you're depressed is you kind of like get stuck in this loop of feeling sorry for yourself and you don't really. You know, you just don't really feel like there's going to be any happy days. You forget about what it's like to be happy. Um, for me, and this is the reason what gave me, like I I would not say that I'm suicidal in a sense that I would never actually harm myself. But in the back of my head, I just had this image of myself hanging myself nonstop. I couldn't get rid of it. It was just wow. like, it was just, and it's like not something I want to do, but it's obviously not nice to have that image in your head <laughs> yeah. so that was and that was like i couldn't control that image it was just always there that thought was always there and it, oh it's just like that's just hell and it's just like when you definitely don't want to do that and you just keep reminding yourself oh, remember how happy you were when things when your mood, your, your mood was stable mm. um, that was something that i would try and think about and remind myself so i guess yeah to answer your question what I would say manic depression is your classic kind of depression, what you would think about being depressed. If you can't really imagine that because you've never been depressed, um, you know, you probably have seen similar stuff in movies and TV shows or read books. Mm. Um, you can kind of picture that depression, just mm. like w- wanting to stay in bed all day and wanting to drink and mm. um, having really restless sleep and that kind of thing, not wanting to socialise and just wanting to be alone. Yeah, right. So I guess, um, just so I understand fully, I guess being in an elevated state, so just talking about, are you bipolar type 2, was it? So bipolar type 2 isn't as, I'm on the lower side of bipolar, which means it was a lot, I'm not heavily medicated or anything like that. Someone that is bipolar type 1 would be on a lot of heavy medication. Um, and what would happen with them is just uncontrollable cycles. So for, I can only speak from, from for me, um, I think everyone with it would be different. Obviously, I'm not a psychologist, but type one, you might go through um, a depressive two weeks and then an elevated four days, and you don't really understand why. And, you know, um, on those elevated four days, you might get everything. <laughs> you might just get heaps of done. You might get outside. You might be, like, really excited, and then all of a sudden, bang, you're back to being, like, not wanting to leave. And obviously, without the proper medication and the proper chemical balance going on, um, if you can imagine like being in a relationship with someone like that is difficult, being that person is difficult itself. But if you're in a relationship and you're constantly changing, you know, you're constantly changing your mood, not that you're doing it intentionally, but your mood is constantly changing. It's very hard to gauge whether, you know, you might have a trip planned to Bali. How do you gauge that you're going to be in a stable, positive mood? Mm. Um, and it's going to be a good trip. I think you're always on edge. So I think that's, Sometimes why people mistake um, bipolar for schizophrenia because you do seem to have a bit of a 
different personality and it's just those two different moods but it's not like a completely different personality it's just still yourself but you're just either depressed or elevated Mm. or or as i am more recently a a nice stable mood yeah yeah i bet that feels fantastic right like being able to understand like how to keep yourself and as close to that that midline as possible i mean obviously there's going to be fluctuations either side right i think that's normal for everyone regardless of whether you have bipolar or not but for you being able Definitely. to be in that little wiggle instead of that huge roller coaster, that must t- tell me about that. That must have been such a moment of just like clarity and just joy, right? It's taken two years, and I think it's like, yeah, it's just been a process. Like, and it does go up and down, and I think you can't ever stop that. And especially when things like coronavirus happen, and the whole world changes overnight for you, and like, you know, like with my career, everything's closed and all that sort of stuff. Like you have to just like, if you're not always thinking about your mental health as the number one most important thing, it's, it's going to go up or it's going to go down. Mm. So like for me, I've just set up a routine and I've got all those tools and tricks. Whereas I know the most important thing for me is to get sleep. So for example, I just moved to the, this is a classic example of how important it is to be honest with people around you and why you need to always focus on mental health. I just moved to the country uh, and I'm staying um, with my mum, my stepdad, his brother, and their kids. And I've just moved into the house, and everyone's on different schedules. And so, um, my stepdad's brother wakes up five thirty. I go to bed about eleven, and I was getting woken up at five thirty and getting to bed at eleven. And my sleep cycle was really, really disturbed. And I, and I could see, and I can. This is like looking at myself from a third person perspective i can see myself getting agitated and just short and not having a lot of patience and i'm like all right mom like i need to we need to like spend a couple hours and figure out how i'm going to get better sleep otherwise i'm just going to be hard to be around Mm. and so we ended up buying like you know this is so simple but this is like going to change um (laughs) this has changed my whole mood to be better again you just put a fan in the room put the fan on number three all night it Mm. drowns out all the other noise i put some earplugs in Drains out all the noise, and also um, Brian is his name. He's just been a little bit more conscious and careful in the mornings. Now I don't hear anything. I get eight hours sleep, and my mood is just like nicer. I'm, I'm more fun to be around. And I, the problem with like um, the, the personality changes and mood swings, it's hard to control when you're in that sort of undesirable mood. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's not something you can just snap out of, or like just be happier, or just be less stressed, or be less agitated it doesn't really work like that you've got to actually spend the time put the measures in place to achieve that kind of like really happy mood Mm. and it might take 24 hours so like you know you've got to be smart enough to cancel like um all your plans for the day like last friday uh was when i was feeling really tired and i had a bunch of stuff on i said look guys i'm really sorry but we're gonna have to reschedule um obviously it's a bit easier with corona everyone's completely understanding and um i slept all day i slept I was in bed for 15 hours and I slept for four, 13 hours over the period of Thursday and Friday during the day. And I needed it. And I, as soon as I got up Friday afternoon, I felt amazing. I felt so much better. Yeah. Um, so it's really important that my mum knows that I've got an, a mental health issue. My stepdad knows, um, Brian knows, everyone knows. It's not a problem. And so then you can also use the people around you to um, help you noticed any changes in elevation or depression mm. and that can be a really because sometimes you don't you don't notice it yourself yeah let's, um, um, sometimes let's, you do lose the third person perspective 
Yeah, I guess sometimes when you're you're in that kind of uh, elevated or depressed state, you kind of lose your ability to be um, objective about the situation, right? You're stuck in that kind of subjective mood. Yeah. But I guess let's move into. I've actually got that written down as one of the things I wanted to talk about. So it's kind of good we're moving in that direction. Oh, cool. In terms of how can um, like how can let's say there's people out there listening who they might might not have a mental health issue themselves. They might feel relatively in control of their minds, but they've got some friends out there or some family members who seem to be showing um, signals that they think might indicate bipolar or depression or anxiety or any other sort of mental health issue. What are some of those things that people can notice and pick up on? And then maybe how can they approach those people and talk to them? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really difficult, especially at the moment. I think yeah, if you've got someone you know that's just spends all day in in bed and just is kind of like very you know uh, very stressed and you know if, you know very negative and kind of like always finds the worst in something, then that can be a very big sign of depression or a lot of stress. Or you know that you know if you're having it happens with me all the time with work work colleagues and everything. Um, you know, even myself, you know, someone might be just sending a message harmlessly. And you just read it in the worst possible way ever because you're stressed. And that's that's something where instead of getting emotional and angry, it's just important to have a chat and explain how you're feeling or how they're making you feel without kind of trying to personalize it or make it like, I think the biggest problem when people approach these situations, it's always like, oh, I'm better than you. Why aren't you like this? It should be like, oh, you know, it seems like you're stressed because you want to talk about it. It's like, you know, I love it when, our um, relationship, whether business or friendly relationship, I love it when we're happy and chatting together and I really need us to get back to that kind of like really happy um, conversation. So I think just if you can notice that someone's a bit off, the way to approach it is to talk about maybe what you need, what you can see that maybe they're lacking. You can't really push someone to see a professional it's very difficult. I think someone needs to make that up on their own mind. But what you can be there is for someone. And it takes a lot of, I think it takes a lot of putting your own pride aside and being extremely empathetic and also just being really intelligent and emotionally intelligent in recognizing that maybe when someone says something, don't take offense to it because it's maybe not what they actually mean. Um, put yourself away from the, the uh, situation and just remove your own emotions and look at it as a, as a third person and go, you know, the reason this person has said all this stuff to me could just be because they're really bloody stressed. Maybe they've got a baby on the way. Maybe they've got, maybe they've lost job keeper. Maybe they've just lost, you know, maybe they've got to move house. You have no idea. You know, mm. the amount of people that are at the moment losing loved ones in different countries that they can't even visit funerals. No one's just going to put that online or tell people about it. But that could have just happened to the person you're just chatting to, and that might be why they're a bit uh, defensive or reactive. So I think it's just really important to try and rather than look at the, all these conversations negatively, look at them as a chance to just connect with someone and a chance to make it a happy experience. If someone is coming at you negatively, try and figure out a way to make that into a happy experience and try and break that barrier in a way that's not going to make the situation worse. Mm. I think it's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th I think to, like, to summarise it, really, it's to 
like you said, come from a place of empathy. If someone says something yeah. that seems like, whoa, holy shit, I can't believe this person just told me I'm an asshole or I can't believe this person just said whatever. Um, like you said, like it is really easy as human beings to come from a place of ego and think, oh, how could you do this to me? But the moment you can just pull away and be like, wow, this is really not normal. Like, I wonder if this person's okay. Maybe I should just ask mm. if they're okay. And like you said, you can't force someone to go see a psychologist or you can't tell them that there's... Nobody is okay right now. Yeah. That's the thing. At the moment with everything going on, nobody is okay. And I think you can't take anything anyone says personally, whether it's someone on the internet fighting with you. Just... Like, this is... The world's in a pandemic. Absolutely nobody is right now is not stressed. Everyone is on some sort of stress. And I think that right now um, is, is... You can understand that, right, because of what's going on in the world. But... Even without coronavirus, everyone's still stressed. Like, nobody is perfectly okay. Mm. So I think, yeah, just don't, like, don't take things personally and just look at things objectively. How can you make things better, not worse? Mm. 100%, man. There's power in that, being able to look at things objectively. And that's something I am working on every single day. And I know that there's always going to be moments where I take offense to things and I let my ego get in the way. Like, it's, it's just we're human, right? Like we're having yeah. this human experience together and there's times when we do take things personally and, and that's okay. But that's where meditation for me helps. And I, I'm assuming for you as well, we are able to kind of go, all right. Yeah. Five minutes ago when I reacted, I wasn't coming from an objective place and yeah. Okay. I understand now that what that person said to me wasn't designed to offend me. There's probably something going on in their life. And then I'll come back and say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm apologizing for the way I reacted. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, you either need to be really good at apologizing or just really good at recognizing and moving on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, from a business standpoint, if something happens and you disagree with one of your business partners or someone you work with, an employee, employer, and you're able to recognize what the problems are, make a plan to change those problems, and then just move on without any um grudge or anything like that, you know? Like, God, like, I don't know. If you have 95% of a positive relationship with someone and one little thing negative happens you cannot let that <laughs> you know you've got to focus on the whole big picture and um yeah i think um like with meditation and also sometimes i do like that meta meditation like just picking someone and just thinking i wish well for this person and just continuing those sort of mantras in your head you know i wish them a healthy life i wish them positivity I wish them all the best. It could be your mum, it could be your stepdad, it could be a business partner, it could be a friend, it could be your dogs, I don't know. It could be the whole world. But that meta meditation I think is really good to practice as well and just always just repeating those those mantras. And I think as silly as that kind of felt for me doing those meta meditations um, <laughs> at first, you know, you do pick someone, you visualise them and you're just wishing them the best. And it just does, it does work. It's a slow process, but it does make you a bit happier and all that sort of thing. It does wonders probably for your your empathy, right? Yeah, I think so. And now, like, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm still practicing everything that I'm saying right now. And especially, like, I think it's really important to find things that trigger you. And, like, the if you've got issues with your friends, like, if you've got someone that you always find you have issues with over Facebook Messenger, when you chat to them, leave voice notes, jump on a phone call, leave a video. You can just... How easy is it to just leave a video message? Hey, mate, how are you? Good to see you. Do you know how much like happier that looks to someone watching it than just like, you know, leaving a, a text? Yeah. And I think people have got to utilize technology and make it work 
in their favor to communicate better because if you're the type of person that's very straight to the point um, when it comes to messages, they can get taken very rudely and harshly when you're not. Maybe you're smiling when you say it. <laughs> that's exactly it, man. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, that's one thing I noticed about you when I started messaging you because I've been audio messaging for a long time now. And people are asking me, like, yeah. why, why are you sending audio? Like, why are you a big fan of audio? And it's exactly that. Like, when you can hear a person's voice, and even better, when you can see a person's emotions and how their face is reacting, um, you can better understand what they're trying to say. Like, most of communication is not actually the words that we're writing down. It's the tones of the voice. It's the actions of the body. So when you responded to me in audio, I was like, oh, Fuck, he's, he's hacking the system. He's understanding how to use technology. Like, And I have this theory. This is a little bit yeah. off topic, but I have this theory that, you know, we're kind of, we're children, then we're teenagers, and then we're adults. And a lot of people think, you know, by the time you turn 21, you're an adult. But in truth, it's normally 30 or even 40 when you actually become an adult and learn to understand how to interact and be interdependent and independent at the same time, right? What, what my theory yeah. is around the internet and social media is that, we went through that, we, we've come out of the child stage where it's like all like, ah, oh, yeah, woo, like little kids with a new toy, this is amazing. And now we're all teenagers going, oh, what the fuck? Like, I'm confused with this thing. <laughs> and instead of being proactive about understanding it, we're just reacting to it. And you've got like all these echo chambers yeah. forming and these people like diving into the internet and just being like really angry and like canceling people out. And all it is is that, we're just not being adults and using the internet as a tool the way it should be. We're kind of just reacting to it all the time. So yeah. I guess this question isn't really written down, but let's kind of dive into this in regards to mental health because I think it's something I'm noticing a lot. Like I stay off uh, commenting on social media. I don't scroll anymore. Yeah. But every now and again, I'll see something just explode and I'll be like, how the fuck did that end up becoming like a thing, you know? Like what is going on with people yeah. and their reaction to social media? So how do you feel, I guess, coming from a perspective of someone who has bipolar, who's suffered and is um, still kind of coming to terms with mental health, how do you feel the internet um, plays a role for you, both in a positive and negative way? Yeah, I think um, there's so many obvious and big negatives that I think, you know, are also all over the media and it could be not just bipolar but any mental health or just like, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Just um, not ego but, uh, God, your, your, your image and um, um, I guess like body type and, and like body dysmorphia and like that's like Instagram kind of stuff, right? There's a lot of men and women that kind of just aren't happy in their own skin. Mm. Um, and it can't really like, you know, just feel comfortable, um, unless they look or act a certain way or, 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 you know, um, following people on Instagram or something that have, you know, those thousands of followers and get thousands of likes and maybe they post a photo and they don't get it. And just that comparison of people that seem to have the perfect life and maybe someone that doesn't have the perfect life. That's obviously one huge issue and that affects so many different types of mental illnesses. Um, I think in terms of like commenting and Facebook and stuff, Facebook can seem so negative. So what you've got to do is, and it's just like probably better for you and the other person. If, if you find someone's Facebook feed really infuriating and just unfollow them, you don't have to unfriend them. You don't have to comment on them. Just give them an unfollow. You can even do, I've seen on Facebook now because I, I do this, you can take a break from someone. So you can just unfollow them for like two or three weeks. So sometimes it's just worth doing that because 
I feel like once you have this mental image of someone in their head, in your head, where they're like kind of like negative or you, you kind of don't like someone, then no matter what they say, it's going to be looked at in a bad way. Like <laughs> everyone's the same. We all can't help it. it. Once you don't like someone, it doesn't matter what they do. They could be giving food to the homeless and you're like, yeah, they're just doing a Instagram likes. Fuck that guy. And it's like, no, come on. You know, they're doing something nice. Like you don't have to look at everything that person does negatively just because they commented something shitty on your post once. Like you've got to... <laughs> You've got to distance yourself from people um, that that you that you start falling into that trap because that's a really unhealthy mindset. If you always think that some, what someone does is always negative, then actually you're the problem there, and you've got to take yourself and remove yourself from that situation. And if you give yourself a break from that person for six months or six weeks, you'll forget what made you have that feeling of negativity towards them, and then all of a sudden maybe their posts start to seem positive. Or maybe they are an asshole and you just unfold them forever. But either way, you've got to distance yourself and, and give yourself some time to um, get rid of that negative image of them in your head and start fresh. Um, and I think avoid just commenting on any news platforms, Facebook. <laughs> if you can't, like, actually just, like, look at some of these people and just have a bit of a laugh because they're probably just trolls or, you know, there's probably someone who's really intelligent who's a lefty who has a fake account just commenting bullshit right-wing, um, you know, Trump stuff or anything just because they're bored. I don't know. Like, you can't believe everything's the truth on the internet. Surely some of these things that these people say is just pure, just someone having a laugh because yeah. they're just so dumb. <laughs> so I think if you can't, if you get too emotional and you emotionally react too much to certain things like the news things, just don't go there. Mm. Um the beauty of social media at the moment is you don't have to turn social media off to be happy. You don't have to delete your Facebook account. You just unfollow the accounts that make you unhappy and follow all the ones that do make you happy. Go to Instagram. You can, like if you go to a really, really good book, um, which I just finished, is um, that Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans. And now if anyone hasn't read that book or listened to the audio book, it just has like 50 chapters and each chapter is a summarized podcast with a different titan and they express all their tools. It's amazing. You've got to, you've got to get onto it, either read it or, or listen to it. Go follow every single person that he interviews. They're all putting out awesome, positive, awesome, like great stuff on Instagram. Just spend the half an hour it takes to follow them all and start to change your Instagram into actual influencers, people that are, you know, like Wim Hof's a great one. I've been doing the, um, the Iceman challenge for three months now. Like just go and follow him and follow the people that, do um, teach his practices around the world. You're just going to find people that are influencers, but they're actually influencing positive change in people's mental health, breathing techniques. And it's just, he's a fun guy. Like, he's a perfect example. You do actually make yourself so happy by watching this guy whose wife killed herself. He's raised all his kids by himself and he's undoubtedly probably created one of the most easiest breathing techniques and, um, kind of methods to make yourself mentally healthy and increase your immune system in the last 10 years. Like he's just this happy, fun guy. Like if your wife has jumped off the top of a building and killed herself and you raise all your kids by yourself and you have such a good outlook on life and you're so happy all the time, that's someone you need to follow, not mm. someone who just posts bikini shots. Like, I mean, no offense to them, they're living their own life, but that's not going to make you happier following um, and comparing yourself to either a, a, a an Instagram chick who just posts bikini likes and just looks for likes with no actual um, culture or, or, or positive influence. It's just like, you know, 
whatever. Like, who cares about that? Follow someone that's actually trying to do something good and happy. And it's not just about getting likes. It's about making other oh, right, people's lives better. Yeah, yeah. Interesting that actually there's a couple of people... Um, and it, it goes both ways, right? Like, if you're a guy and you're trying to find positive influences out there, like you speak about Wim Hof, who's, like, amazing. And his story that you just mentioned about his wife... That's... His wife committed suicide, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, if I'm not... If I'm not incorrect. It's um, on a... Um, Joe Rogan or Russell Brand, either one of those podcasts he did with either of those two, which I recommend listening to both. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. I was week eight, nine into his course, and I, I watched that. And I, I cried then. Like, I was like, wow, this is, like... Yeah, crazy. And if you do watch his, um, I mean, he's just got so much content online, but if you watch his one with Russell Brand, like he's studied all yoga. He knows all the science behind all the shark, well, not shark science, but philosophy and um, history behind all the chakras and yoga. And he's, he's very, very intelligent. He's studied a lot of that stuff. And everything he's done is backed up by science. It's yeah. not just like a, um, yeah, kooky sort of thing. I think like... When it comes to mindfulness and spirituality, a lot of people get spirituality confused with kookiness and like you believe in fairies or something, which you could believe in fairies. That's cool. As long as you're happy with that, like as long as you're happy, that's fine. But his stuff is very science and practical based. It's not like, yeah, you know, there's no doubt about if it works or not. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, there's a few things I just wanted to unpack there quickly. So like uh, with the, the who you follow, um, obviously for female listeners as well, like, uh, there's plenty of women now that you can follow on Instagram or Facebook that are, you know, supporting the like love your body movement and who are, do have huge yeah. followings and promote positive messages and aren't just like body shaming you without even realizing, it, you know, taking yeah. beautiful pictures of like, th there's apps now that you can actually just like change your body image on Instagram. Right. So a lot of these people are yeah. posting these ridiculous bodies. Those bodies are fake. Like they've just been edited. Right. So follow the people that yeah. show their real selves and celebrate what it's like to be a woman. And the same with men, right? Like if you're going to follow a dude who's just like showing off like all the booze and the hot babes and the cars and the Ferraris, it's <laughs> making you feel like you're inadequate. Well, guess what? You're going to feel fucking inadequate. So stop following someone that makes you feel inadequate. Follow someone like you just yeah. mentioned, Wim Hof, right? And there's, there's nothing, and I, I probably should make it clear, I've got nothing wrong with these people that are posting just bikini shots. That's a business. They're making money out of it. They're an influencer. Like, they've got their own place. They're not doing anything wrong in my head. Mm -hmm. But it's, if you're, if what they're doing affects your mentality, your, your, your mental health negatively, mm -hmm. then you have the, the, have the problem there. And you need to either find a way to appreciate what they do and not let it affect you. Don't compare yourself to them or just unfollow them. But there's nothing wrong with all these people posting all this stuff. Like, it, it, it is a business, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, if they're happy and they're doing it and they're an influencer, then I've got no problem with that. Exactly. I totally agree with that, bro. The next thing I was actually going to say is like this idea that it's really easy for us to blame other people for our problems, right? But quite often, <laughs> the people that we're following and the information that we're consuming, it's in relation to our own shadow, right? Um, and actually, a guy I recently podcasted with, Jack Roberts, he um, introduced me to this kind of metaphor for how we... Um, seek out influence, right? It's it's based around how we feel internally about ourselves. So if we feel like we want to, if we feel like we're a bad person or we feel like we're not worthy, guess what? Like we're going to seek out things that uh, emphasize that feeling. So if you look at yeah. through your Instagram and you see all of these profiles 
that are just making you feel really bad, the question to ask yourself is, why do I feel this way about myself? Like you need to take responsibility for that first, right? Like you need to address that there's a problem internally and then change the external factors influencing it afterwards. Would you agree with that? 100%. Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's yeah, super correct. Cool, cool. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's just stress and negativity just breeds stress and negativity. And it's like if you've ever been with a partner who's always obsessed with where you are, worrying about your cheating, um, you know, it's always because they're the one that's the cheater or something, like, because or someone, you know, someone, a business partner that's that's always worried about other people stealing or taking advantage of them. It's because they're always stealing and taking advantage. Like I work with so many people, and we're all so honest and fair and open. And I don't think anyone that I'm working with is intentionally doing anything wrong to rip me off. Then you've got other people that just think everyone's out to get you. Know, everyone's out to rip you off. Everyone's out to fuck you over. And it's like, well. No, they're not. It's just because you have that thought and you're always looking for an opportunity to, to rip someone off that you think everyone's the same. But actually, not everyone's like that. A lot of people just want to be fucking happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, man. There's power in that too once you realize um, or you kind of identify, wow, like this isn't them, it's me. Like it sucks at first, like a bit for you as well. Like it's really like it's a moment of deep suffering, right? When you realize that, you know, you're responsible. You're like, Shit, yeah. no more scapegoats. I've got to do something about this. Yeah, and if you don't do something about it, it's never going to change and you're always going to be the problem and your life is going to suck. Like, honestly, if you're not really... You, I think the thing for me is, like, if, I, if I'm friends with someone or if, I'm, if I've got a family member and they're willing to grow and they're willing to learn, they're willing to look at their faults, they're willing to take responsibility for things they've done in the past, but they want to become a better human being even if it's so, so gradually that it's a half a percent better a day or even a week, whatever, as long as there's actually that willingness to grow and become a better person, that's someone that I want to be having my life, even if there are shit times. But if someone is not willing to take responsibility and they're not willing to grow, they do not want to become a better person, that's someone, whether it's your own dad or a cousin or your best friend for 20 years, that's someone you might have to actually part ties with, you know, Unfortunately, if they're not willing to grow, they're just going to keep always being the same person. If they're not going to recognize any of these faults, you know, people make mistakes all the time, and I'm happy to forgive and forget people and grow friendships and, and whatnot, but it has to work both ways for sure. Mm, 100%. And it's never too late. A lot of people on their deathbed, you know, you hear stories of people on their deathbed. They wish they didn't work so much. They wish they didn't hate so much. They wish they had more time for people. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You can change at any point. And I guess bringing it back to mental health, um, would you agree that it's important though, like when you are going through like a stage where you're thinking, okay, wow, like maybe I am suffering from depression or anxiety or bipolar. Um, do you think it's important for yourself and also the people around you not to allocate blame? Because I, I, I think that can be a confusion, right? Like taking responsibility is different to blaming yourself. Because if... If you blame yourself and all of your other friends blame you, it's probably just going to make you feel even shitter and less likely to do something about it, right? Yeah. I think that, yeah, you can recognize you've made a mistake or made a fault. Um, you, you might, you know, you might take responsibility and say, yeah, that was me. But you can't be hung up on that forever. You've got to recognize you've made a mistake, understand you'll never do it again and, and, and move on from that. I think if you always have that regret and that kind of like, you can't hold a grudge with yourself, right? 
<laughs> well, you can, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. Um, cool. Hey, I've got a... I think it's a pretty important question, actually. Why do you think it is so important to discuss this kind of stuff now? And why do you think it's kind of catching wind as well? Because I feel like it is like really starting to become okay to go see a psychologist and say that you're not okay and talk openly about mental health. I think it's so important. I think it's the most important thing in the world. I, I just honestly, I can't think of anything that's more important, really. Like obviously the world's got to turn, but yeah, it should be taught in schools as far as I'm concerned. And I think one day, honestly, it will be like, you know, <laughs> I might not be alive to see it, but um, in, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm talking not like, obviously it's taught in universities, you get degrees, but I mean like primary and high school, like, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, as far as I'm aware, it's not taught in schools. There could be some funky new age schools that do it, but um, um, I think without talking about it, you don't actually realise how many people are suffering and you don't, you don't understand to what degree and everyone's suffering in their own unique, different way. And one person's suffering doesn't take away from another person's. And, you know, it's just like the richest people in the world could be the most unhappy and the poorest could be the happiest. So it's never, you can never like, what you want and need in your life to make you happy isn't what someone else wants and needs in their lives. So you can't, you've got to be empathetic, but you've also got to be realistic and you've got to be individual and understand everyone is also individual. So, you know, for me, making music all day, doing podcasts with you, talking about stuff like this, getting in the sun, doing yoga, all these things are making me happy. Someone else might just like to race cars and do cars. Like that's, you know, someone else might not really care or stress about money. Someone else might, all they care about is money. You know, once they've got that money, they'll be happy. And you can't like, yeah, you can't just put everyone in the same basket. So I think everyone talking about it openly, being patient and understanding of each other and understanding each other's wants and needs and how they're going to make them happy. And um, that's going to be really good for a lot of people to understand that about other, about everyone. Mm, 100%, man. I couldn't agree more. And, yeah, I, I love having discussions like this. And uh, I find the more I podcast and the more I talk to people openly about stuff, um, the more, like, I find people who listen kind of realizing how much they crave to just have these open, honest conversations, specifically about mental health and, like, how they're feeling. Like, it's crazy that we we have been living in a society where it's like, it's taken a back seat. It's like your mind is, is your hub, man. Like that controls everything. Yeah. Why, why is it such a weird taboo thing to talk about, you know, not being okay? Like, man, I feel like shit. Like what's wrong with saying that? <laughs> yeah. We're still figuring it out. Like my, my nan, she had electroshock, electroshock therapy. You know, wow. this was to cure post, post department depression. Um, um, and it's just like, you know, that really was not good. That really destroyed destroyed a lot of parts of her, her brain. And now later on in life, she's suffering Alzheimer's. And, you know, we're not exactly sure what that's um, connected to, but we're pretty sure it's connected to the electroshock therapy. Um, and it's just like, you know, obviously that was not long ago. She's still alive. So we're still figuring out ways to treat all these amounts of mental illnesses and it's only going to get better. And um, we're only going to find, find better ways. And, you know, there's different treatments that they're trying to like, legalize and figure out now like i know like microdosing um psilocybin and different types of um and even um one of the books i was reading like you can have small amounts of lithium each day it's non-toxic and we're not talking enough to like change your mood but there's just all these things that people are trying that um i think you know it's just going to get better hopefully get better and better and better and i think the current world um crisis has put a lot of emphasis on mental health and 
Um, you know, hopefully it's just going to accelerate how how we look at this and how, how we find different ways to make people a bit happier and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. No, I think it's happening. I think, um, like... Like, I'm a big fan of, like, I am a big fan of capitalism, but I think the form, like, when you look at the big picture, the form that we've kind of taken in capitalism, which is this, like, really materialistic view, right? We've actually prioritized the things that we use as tools and the material we use over ourselves, and it makes no sense. Like, um, I don't know if you know a guy, Andrew Yang, in the States, who was running for president, but he's got a model he calls human capitalism, right? Like, there's kind of this disconnect of... Um, you know, capitalism's the problem. The problem isn't capitalism itself. It's that we're directing it towards all the tools that we use instead of towards ourselves. So what if we use the power of it to invest in ourselves instead? <laughs> like it, it's crazy that we've yeah. gone, we've gone towards um, placing higher value on uh, the tools and the material that we use to better our lives instead of just bettering our lives. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. Well, if you're going to like get into dev and follow companies, follow ones with good culture that do good for the world. And, you know, you might feel a bit better at yourself as well, whether, I don't know, you're just shopping like locally for food or whatever, or, or you know, I don't know, anything like that. Just try and follow companies. And, and if you're going to spend your money and do things, try and do the, get the good, like you want, you want to um, be with businesses that have good culture. I think that's going to kind of like help the world as well and help change the world from, these money hungry kind of like um, companies that have just done stuff like I don't you, you hear about like how the food pyramid was made just so they could make money out of wheat and like that's you know just evil. It's not yeah, <laughs> we're telling people to, to eat a certain way because it's healthy and it's completely wrong and it's just so this wheat you know can make money just so that these big companies can stay rich and then look at like America and Australia, like just the obesity and sugar and it's just all, like you said, like corporations and and capitalism to make money. Yeah. I guess the the macro question there is like, what's the goal of all this, right? And if the goal isn't um, like to, I guess, better our lives and to enjoy our lives more, then maybe there's some serious thought that needs to go in there as to like what our goal is with, you know, our model of capitalism or whatever the governing model is, right? Um, or the economic yeah. model, like, what is the goal here? But I guess, like, you can also do that in a personal view as well, right? Because it's easy to get lost and worry about the macro size things. But I think a lot of these big <laughs> macro changes come from individuals um, asking themselves those hard questions. Like, what is your goal here? Like, why are you doing this? Like, if it's not making you happy, if it's not bringing you joy, if it's not giving you purpose, then just stop, like, why are you doing it? Yeah. You know? I think you need to make your life as easy as possible and you can't get caught up with being too, um, I don't know, like, you know, you've got people out there that don't use any waste. They're completely vegan. And then they find out that, you know, the people that made their vegan food demolished a rainforest. Whatever. You can just get caught, <laughs> so caught up in a rabbit hole of trying to be just the perfect human being with doing everything. And it's just not going to work. You have to have a level of, um, flexibility and and just understanding that oh god you can try as hard as you can you're not gonna you're not gonna be perfect yeah just, um, you're just not gonna be a little bit better you can like like you said right just be that half percent better each day and compete with yourself like yeah who cares what everyone else yeah. thinks like just you know like hey jacques you like you know watched half an hour of extra netflix yesterday and wasted sleep time like maybe tonight just go to bed half an hour early sweet 
deal. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Just allow yourself to be happy. Don't stress about every little detail mm. of everything. You know, try and be a good person as best you can. Don't hurt anyone and don't stress too much about the little things, um, you know, or what people, you know, don't let other people's opinions, um, you know, hurt you either. Yeah. You know, you've got to live your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just try your best. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, easier said than done right but like you said like just start small like do something half a percent better tomorrow than you did today you know like and just it's a gradual process you're always learning don't be hard on yourself like you're gonna fuck up you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna have bad mental days you're gonna be depressed sometimes i assume it's like that for you as well right like some days you do kind of fall back into that roller coaster trap but you can't dwell on that you just gotta try and improve a little bit more the next day yeah like and Another thing with that, exactly right. Another thing with the social media thing is like, don't shame other people to make yourself feel good. And also when someone is shaming people to make themselves feel good, recognize that. Like I saw something the other day and it was one of the positive accounts I followed, which was, I thought was funny. Well, I really disagree with it. And it was like, you know, two, uh, three step thing to do today. Number one, do something for another person. Number two, don't record, uh, do something nice for the homeless or do something for charity. And the second or third step was don't put it on social media. It's like, you know what? If someone wants to put something nice on social media, just let it. Don't have to judge it. You don't have to think that it's for false pretenses. So I think like, you know, you just don't have to take everyone's advice. Like you don't have to be feel shamed because, you know, if you put something nice on social media that day that you did for other people in the morning, you might see that post that might make you feel bad. It's like, well, you shouldn't feel bad. You've done something nice for other people. I put everything on social media. If I'm going to do nice or something, it's probably going to end up on my social media because I literally just post everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't think... Yeah. It's, I mean, um, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's good, right? Like, I, I think it's awesome that you're sharing positive vibes on social media because it's just so negative and it comes back to that negativity bias yes. that we have as human beings. So the world is craving positive messages. Like, everything I post yeah. on social media now is like, I did a new podcast about this where we found a solution for that. Or like, hey, I wrote this article that might make you feel good. Or, hey, like, I patted a dog on the head today and it made me feel good. Like, I'm done with the negative, yeah. right? So, like, don't don't be caught up like, oh, you know, I can if I'm giving something or I'm being kind, I can't share it. It's like, you know what, maybe I you know. sharing that is going to make someone else feel good. Like, it's okay to tell people you're being a good be- person. <laughs> You're being the change you want to see in the world. And, and every time you do something nice and put it on social media, you might influence someone else to do something nice. This whole idea that if you can do something for charity or do something nice, you have to shut the fuck up about it. That day is older, over. Like, sure, people can do that and that's amazing. And it's just like, that's a beautiful thing as well in its own right. But I think we should all be doing nice things for people. We should all be posting it on social media because it's just going to change the culture out there. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's, it's crazy when you really pull out of it like we were talking about before and be objective about it. It's like, it's crazy to think that you're making yourself feel bad about wanting to make other people feel good about something good that you did. It's like, man, that's, you're way down the rabbit hole there. Just fucking like, if you feel like sharing and making someone smile, just fucking do it. Like, just do it. And if you don't feel like sharing it and you're just content with the fact that you like had a good convo with a homeless guy and made him smile, that's great too. Like, don't think about it too much. Yeah, exactly. Just do what makes you happy. It's, the same sort of thing in the music industry, you know, someone's like, this one artist has posted, why are all these musicians or DJs putting a track out every two weeks? You know, don't they want to just like, are they doing it because of this reason and that? And it's like, mate, have you ever thought maybe they're just putting a track out every two weeks because 
um, that's what makes them happy. There's no other agenda to try and trick Spotify into, um, you know, making them famous. Like, sure, you're going to try and utilise whatever you have to get as much exposure as possible. But sometimes if someone just does something, the reason behind it is because it makes them happy. That's the reason. <laughs> yeah, like, it's crazy how much we overthink things, right? And I can I can say yeah. my brother, my brother, like, is infinitely happier this lockdown than he was the first because... He's playing music every week and he's putting music out every week. And at the end of the day, like yeah. by showing that he's like, he's so pumped. You can see in the videos, he's just like, yes, this is what I love. And by sharing that, he's yeah. sharing that love and other people are going, man, like if he can do it and he can still like find passion in what he does, even with all this crazy shit going on, maybe I can do it too. So it's yeah. okay to share that stuff, man. Like don't overthink it. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, when everyone was doing these live streams, there was a lot of people like that that were just saying negative things about it and just putting it down. And it's like you've got the wrong, you've got the wrong look, like outlook on it. You've got the wrong perspective. Stop putting stuff down. I'm not going to say anything negative about you because then it's just shaming someone to make my foul self feel better. But stop that train of thought of always putting other things down. Just let someone put something up if it's a live stream because it's making them happy, like you said. And you know what? If you didn't instantly have a negative thought about it, it'd probably make you happy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And I guess it comes down to that, like if you are the person receiving those negative comments, it comes down to that realisation as well, right? Like that person's probably really sad, which is why they're commenting like that. You know, like it, it might be that situation where you just reach out and say, hey, like this makes me happy. Um, are you okay? Like what's going on in your life? 100%. And that's actually a really important thing um, and this is again for like kind of the music industry or anyone that's like kind of got that social uh, image where they're always online or they're working with people that are out. Um, you know, like for me, my worst time before I started to get better initially, this is before I even realised that I had um, a mental illness. It's just when I just realised I was depressed and wanted to, to feel better and I reached out to family. That was when I was 24 years old. And up until that point, I was just posting a lot online, arguing with a lot of people. I had a few people reach out to me and give me really good advice. They're like, every time you're arguing arguing with someone, you're, you're, you're killing the chance of a future ally. Plus, you're putting all these negative things, whatever they may be, might just be, you might be just a sour person writing something stupid because it gets a lot of likes, but you, you might be offending someone, for example. And each time you post that different status, you're offending a different person. Plus, thousands of people are seeing it. You might ruin a future relationship you never knew. You, you could even have because this person's looked at your statuses. They're like, I don't want to work with this guy. He looks really negative. Like he's posting all this stuff that, you know, I've seen him comment on things and argue with people online. You know, for me, do I want to work with someone who argues with people online? Fuck no. I want to work with someone who's easy to deal with. So every time you're on social media posting negative things or just being involved in negative chats, arguments, you're not changing the world. You're just upsetting yourself. You're just upsetting the other person and you're ruining all these possibilities, all these future chances for yourself. You're actually just shooting yourself in the foot. So don't be that person. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man, 100%. I couldn't agree more. Um, hey, so I guess we're kind of moving nearer the end of the podcast. I'm pretty sure we could chat about this for like a day. Like mental health is just so broad and like there's so much, yeah, there's so much to cover, right? And we've only kind of just... yeah just giving people a taste, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of stuff in here that people who are suffering themselves, silently suffering, might get a little boost to do something about it, you know, even if it's a small change. So speaking about those small changes, you 
you talked about meditation before and you talked about having conversations with people and being open and honest about how you're feeling. What are some other like tools and tips, let's say it's exercise or, or whatever that you think can help people who are feeling like not okay right now, especially in this crazy world we're living in, or think that they might have some sort of mental illness? What are some of the tips and tools that you would give them today that they can start implementing? If you're if you're manic depressed, see see a GP, do a Zoom, get get mental health issues, and see a therapist. You won't regret it. If you're kind of just like a little bit depressed, you don't really feel like you need to do that. Do one thing today. If you're listening to this, just do one thing today that's going to make you happy. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about the whole day. Don't worry about all the hours of the day. Just just find one thing and do it that is 100 percent going to make you happy. Whether it's just go to the park and go pat someone else's dog, or <laughs> um, I, I don't know, just go for a run, go for a walk. It doesn't have to be like doesn't have to be goal orientated, but just do something that makes you happy. Um, and then other things you can do as well is like just like I've got an aura ring, which is something I bought online. It came pretty quickly. Tracks my sleep. I try and get consistently eight hours a night a week. If I don't get eight hours a night, I'll make up for it the next day. Don't get more than nine or 10 hours because you can oversleep as well. So just try and get a consistent, nice amount of time to sleep. Mm. Um, setting up a routine and a schedule is super, super important as well. So just use your Google Calendar. I've got my Apple Watch, which is like um, my, you know, counts my steps, counts my exercise, counts how the standing. So I try and close those rings at least five days a week. You can set it to maybe a low kind of um, uh, whatever you're going to fit there. Maybe set it to a low calorie count. Just try and get that done maybe five times a week. And just those small little goals is going to be super helpful. Um, for the meditation, check out John Vervecki on YouTube. That was recommended by a friend um, and he's got really good insight. He actually, the Calm app and all those ones are really good once you learn how to meditate properly, but they don't teach you how to sit. They don't teach you uh, as far as I've seen they don't teach you a lot of other other techniques that can be just really helpful. So what was the I'll name? Send you a link. Yeah, send John Vivecki. John Vivecki. Um, he's from, from Toronto, Canada. Um, if you check out it, it's just John Vivecki on YouTube. Um, he's really good. And so sleep. If you, if you struggle with meditation, John John is a really good one. Um, the Wim Hof method. Everyone should be doing this. Um, this could just be five or ten minutes of breathing exercises a day and you don't have to do the cold showers but recommend the cold exposure and cold showers in the I'm mornings. a big fan um, of the cold showers just quickly like yeah have you seen the video where it's like um Aubrey Marcus and um what's his name Lewis Lewis Howes and like all those guys they go and do like the cool the cold baths uh in yeah I think with it with Wim Hof and they're doing the like and they're like making like all these weird noises and shit. I literally do that in the cold shower in the morning. I'm like doing like a, like a real primal yeah. kind of dance and it helps so much. Like I'll sit there for two minutes. Like if someone walked in, they just were like, what the fuck is going on? But it makes me feel so good. Like I come out of there just like, yeah, like I'm energized, man. It wakes you up. And like Tony Robbins has like a little ice shoot that he does. And that's like just those people you mentioned, follow them on Instagram, follow Tony Robbins on Instagram, go to Tim Ferriss's thing, follow all those people on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, Aubrey Marcus has got a great audio book. You know, if you don't really like reading, jump on those audio books. There's so many good ones. Um, over the days, that Aubrey Marcus one, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a good My book. favorite audio book is Atomic Habits. Yeah. That's amazing. I've read um, that. So I've what I do is I've got like an app called a Streaks app on my phone and I've got just daily tasks and I just – once I've done them, I tick it off. And I, what I do is I try and do these tasks um, 
two minutes a day. So if I meditate for two minutes of the day, I mark it as a complete task. I could meditate for 10 or five, but all I try and do is each task two minutes a day. Mm. The, the breathing techniques, as long as it's done for two minutes, I tick it off. Same with exercise, bass guitar, reading a book, piano practice. And then I've got little things on here like my, my um, I'll just show you. I've got like my, my vitamins. Yeah. So it just reminds me of an alarm. You forgot to take your vitamins. There's, there's um, you know, 12 things on my streaks thing that I do every single day. Yeah. And I tick them off every single day and they've got alarms and that's how I keep organized. And that's just an iOS app called streaks. That's amazing. So, that's um, the, with uh, John Vivecki, the streaks thing, and maybe also the Wim Hof yeah. method. Maybe if uh, you can send me some links, I'll put that in the description. So if anyone listening yeah. right now, um, all of that information will be in yeah. the description if you want to take some steps today to kind of sort out your mental health. That streaks thing is awesome. And that's a prime example of you using technology as it should be, right? As a tool to yeah. improve your life rather than using it's it as... It's just linked to my watch. Yeah, wow. So I just like press... Oh, hang on a sec. So I just press... As I, yeah, so it sends me alarms and I just press that and it's like, oh, cool, there you go. I just mark them off. So it's just like... That's amazing. Know, it's just there. Yeah. I've taken my vitamins every day for like one fifth, uh, like a third of the year. No, yeah, like a third of the year now. I haven't missed a day mm. except for a couple of days where I've done fasting. And it's like I would never remember to take my vitamins otherwise. <laughs> yeah, right. So I guess let's just, because um, there was so, a lot of information there. So maybe just quickly, um, a few, <laughs> yeah, there's so many things you can do, right? A few of the main ones that can, people can do straight away is sleep, eight hours a night, like get your sleep. Yeah. Um, eat healthy and take your vitamins. Like do, it, put things yeah. in your body that are going to make you feel good. Like it's super simple. If you do those two things alone, it's scientifically proven mm-hmm. that you're going to have more longevity and more joy in your life. Like it's it's not even a myth anymore. It's like those two things are incredibly powerful. Sleep and eat right. Yeah. The other ones were meditation, uh, breathing techniques, the Wim Hof method, um, the exercise, yeah. the do things that bring you joy. Yeah, just go like, out for a walk. Yeah, go out for a walk. What What else? A couple other ones you just covered then. I know that um, in Aubrey Marx's book, he says get, get in the sun as soon as you can. Yeah. The sun makes you happy. The sun gives you energy. So try and get some sun. Yeah. Um, what else do I do? Yeah, and just just try and find a few things that put you in that flow state that will get you out of bed. Like for me, playing bass, playing piano, any instrument really, mm. you forget about everything else and gets you in that flow state. And just just don't multitask anymore. Just If you're a multitasker, just quit multitasking. Stop doing it. Never yeah. do it again. Focus on one thing at a time. Put your phone in the other room if you want to try and read a book um, and really give yourself that opportunity to focus because once you start getting into that flow state and once you start focusing and you do a few little tasks a day, for example, you know, you might want to just wake up, have a cold shower, go for a walk. While you're on that walk, listen to your audio book and then you like to cook. You know, my, my thing is playing bass guitar. You might like to cook. So you cook. And if you've done... All of those things before 11 a.m., you're already going to feel so accomplished for that day. If you fuck around and do nothing for the rest of the day, you're already going to feel like you've done so much. Yeah. So I think you need to try and do a few things before lunchtime just so you can feel accomplished for the rest of the day. Yeah, 100%. And those things don't, like you say, they don't need to be major. It can be as simple as getting up and going for a walk or listening to maybe not even an audiobook, just listening to a podcast or like making a smoothie instead of like eating something shitty from mcdonald's you know just those tiny small wins i think that you've, you've probably got that out of atomic habits if i'm not incorrect 
Um, yeah, 2% 1% rule, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But the way I kind of see that is just filling your cup up in the morning, early, getting all those small wins in, you fill your cup up to the brim, and then if shit happens throughout the day, like, you've got plenty of, like, positive energy to kind of absorb the negativity, you know? Like, 100%. There's something I do now in every podcast, it's called the four-in-one. Um, so basically, what yeah. happens is I ask you four questions, and you get to ask me one question, whatever you, whatever you want to ask. Cool? Yeah, cool. Awesome. And then once we've done that, I'll probably just um, get your details for people who want to get a hold of you or maybe want to have a chat. Are you cool with that? 100%. Amazing, bro. Cool. All right, let's, uh, let's kick it off. So first question for you, um, what was the lowest point of your life and what did you learn from that? Uh, there's been a couple. Hmm. There's definitely been a couple. I think the, the major thing to learn was to see, see help, reach out to family hmm. um, and re- reach out to friends and obviously seek professional help. That That's the... That's the turning point. The first lowest point was family and finding the right family member, which is my mum, to talk to and get support from. And then the second second other probably equally as low point was to seek professional help. Yeah, right. And what did you think? Because at the end of the day, my mum is a psychologist issue. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Your friends and your family can help to a certain extent, right, but you need to go seek um, that professional help. It's like you wouldn't go to, um, you wouldn't go to a mechanic to get your hair cut. Yeah, yes, so definitely. like, <laughs> go, to, yeah. go to the right place. Is, yeah, because yeah, uh, if you're just going to friends and family, you're just getting advice from their, their personal experiences in their life. And it necessarily, even if they have well wishes and it's nothing, not saying anyone's done anything wrong, it might not be the right advice. Yeah, true, true. Don't take any of my advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seek, seek your own advice. This is simply just a discussion. We are not medical professionals. Yeah. Um, next definitely one. Not. Um, where do you see your music career uh, taking you? Yeah, I definitely think that um, outside of coronavirus, it's going to be worldwide touring. We're working on a lot of big stuff with some pretty big artists um, in America. And I do. I think I've almost just set myself up over the past five years to slowly get more and more portable and um, easier to travel. So, like, for example, I've just been doing all my work recently on these headphones. I don't even have a studio set up and we've been smashing it. We've, we've finished and started and finished tracks. You know, this morning I was on a Zoom at 6am from LA to Ibiza, Sydney, Melbourne. So wow. it's kind of, everything's getting set up to be portable. All my businesses, they're all, you know, I could, I could live in LA tomorrow, obviously not possible right now, but and I can still work <laughs> and nothing will change. So I think it's definitely probably a lot, a little bit of spending a bit of time around the world. And then, um, I'll always be based in Australia, though, I think, Melbourne. Yeah, amazing. So basically, you're, you're just working on creating a life where, where you're, you can basically do whatever it is you want. Like, there's no real restrictions for you, right? 100%. And, um, yeah, I'm just, and obviously, of course, always just keep in mind what keeps you happy. Like, it's funny, I'm just reading this book at the moment, right now, A Brief History of Nearly Everything. And it just goes through all, like, the brief history of pretty much everything. And it's just all these scientists and, you know, Albert Einstein and, like, people that, you know, discovered um, dinosaur fossils. And it's, like, all these people that have made such a big impact to the world and they're actually just, like, they're so faint, but they led the most miserable fucking lives. (laughs) They were never happy for one reason or the other or they, you know, they just had all this beef and it's just, like, you know, we're talking about the 
1800s and 1900s, I mean, something like old school, but, you know, as important as your work is and, 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 and you want to do great things, don't lose sight of the fact that you want to be happy. I think that's something that I tell myself as well. There's no point trying to do the world if it's going to make me miserable or something. So do it the right, I'm trying to do it all the right way and I'm not impatient. I'm just like trying to enjoy the journey and that sort of thing. That's a good way to be, bro. It's a good way to be. I totally agree with that. Yeah, like people get caught up in, uh, I guess, in the rhythm. Things start getting um, really out of control and then they lose sight of like why they're actually doing something, right? And that's so important. I think that's probably the best thing you just highlighted there. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't trade my happiness for like a number one worldwide single. I wouldn't trade my happiness for a Nobel Prize. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, you know... Uh, my happiness is always going to be the number one thing. Yeah, nice, bro. I totally agree with that. This one's a little bit different. If you had to be in another person's body for a day, who would that person be? Yeah, right. Shit. Maybe uh, Stephen Hawkins? (laughs) Yeah, wow. Okay, why? Understand the the mind. Mm. He's just so smart. Just to be able to understand how to think like that. And then I think also the perspective of being so disabled, like yeah. I think you'd come back to your own body and just be like run a marathon again or something. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, yeah, I just, I'm, not, I'm not as intelligent as him. So I'd love to be able to think with that level of intelligence and just to see, experience that. And then, yeah, I think like obviously he's come from being able to walk and talk and um, to, you know, I can't remember exactly what, what his disease is, but it's just, yeah. MS, yeah. MS talking, yeah, yeah talking through... Um, a robot voice, you know, don't have the technical rules. <laughs> but I think, I think that would be a humbling experience and also a very learned experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. Cool choice. Um, okay. So last question for you and then you get one for me. Would, this one's a little bit different. Would Mahatma Gandhi have had a great uh, career as a music producer? <laughs> <laughs> What, what, what instruments are you going to play? <laughs> I don't know, mate. You're the musician here. Like, come on. Maybe we can get some, like, uh, quotes and put them in a song or something. <laughs> 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 I think that, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe. He's a peace-loving yeah, guy. Audience for everything. He's a peace-loving guy, but he probably sucks on the guitar, but we don't know that. Who knows? Maybe he was just like a <laughs> mad rock star when he was in his room by himself. He might, like, create a dirty drug habit through DJing. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine, though, like, you go to Ibiza in the 90s and it's just like, DJ Mahatma Gandhi and Gandhi fucking walks on stage. He's like, I'm, get, I'm Gandhi, finish this bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unreal. Unreal. Cool, man. Um, yeah, you get a question um, for me. Um, yeah, so is the reason you do these podcasts kind of like um, has it been a vessel to sort of like help others but also help yourself and um, learn a bit more about kind of because it's mainly like men- mental mental, Ill- uh, mental illness focused, right? Is it to learn a bit more about mental illnesses and how people have kind of like struggled and get a bit more of a grasp on it yourself? What's the purpose behind it all? Um, yeah, I think you kind of, you hit a few nails on the head. It's not, it's not fully mental health focused. I think the main, the main focus of it is 
I want to have discussions with people about topics that are considered taboo, but that everyone kind yes. of thinks about, right? And then not yeah. to just have a conversation with them and end up with a problem, to have a conversation yeah. and provide solutions so that when people are listening to it, they can be like, oh, okay, wow, like it is okay to talk about this for one. And two, yeah. like it doesn't need to stay a problem. There is actually things that I can do and there's real people who have real stories that have conquered it, like yourself, right? Like you haven't yeah. necessarily conquered it, but you've come to terms with your mental illness and you've done things to provide solutions to the problem, right? So that's that's the idea yeah. in terms of how I can contribute to others. But yeah, you're right in terms of when I started the podcast, it was all a, a method of healing for me because I went through a pretty yeah. um, pretty heavy depression and this was part of that. Just having these conversations was me trying to reach out and learn and understand myself, first of all. Awesome. Um, and a third thing that's kind of come out of it, which was kind of unexpected um, and is, I guess, a little bit of a side thing is just having these conversations is some of the greatest learning I do. Like I read a lot, I listen yeah. to podcasts, I watch videos, but the best learning comes from this, having conversations. Like, yeah. man, talking to people, especially people that disagree with me, for example, like I have my oh, views, yeah. but like having discussions with people who have completely opposite views and trying to understand them is like, it's so powerful, man. Like so powerful. So yeah, that's that's kind of a side thing that's happened with it. I think it's a higher level of focus when you're on a call with someone like this. Like you know it's being recorded. You, you you're so accountable for every second of every, every of the chat. So I think like the level of focus you have to have when you're like either a interviewing or b being interviewed is just like you know someone will watch this and they probably might not get as much out of it as me and you having this conversation because we're just so so focused on it. We're just so in in the moment. Which yeah, is, which is really good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, like after having this conversation, but every time I do a podcast, like I'm, I'm in a high afterwards. I'm like, wow, that was like yeah. fascinating. I didn't know that about this person. Their story is amazing. How they got out of it is amazing. Um, and yeah, like your story is is no different. Like how you solve your problems and you came up with solutions and you, you basically conquered something that's so taboo to even think about. It's like it's amazing. Like I'm, I'm on a high right yeah. now. Yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, same. Hundred percent. It makes you feel really good. I think it's, and I think that's another reason why even just talking about this stuff is important. It does make you feel better once you've talked about it. Mm. Yeah, it's like pulling it. It's 100%. it's that classic overused metaphor, right? You pull a weight off your shoulder just by talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Cool, bro. I guess to cool. to finish up for people listening now who might want to just follow your journey, especially musically, like you're doing some incredible oh, yeah. things, um, or also just reach out to you personally and be like, hey, um, I was really inspired by your story. I think I'm going through something similar. Do you mind if I can have a chat or something like that? Um, where's, where, where are some yeah. places people can get a hold of you, Christian? Uh, do you jump on Color Castle on all social networks, colorcastle.com.au. Or hotsunday.com.au or hotsunday.com, one of the two. <laughs> or just type Hot Sunday Records into any social media. Yeah, either um, Color Castle or Hot Sunday Records. Look for them online, you'll find them. Um, and then, you know, you, you Instagram, DM, like I'll respond to something if you send me a message there for sure. Facebook Messenger is a bit more tricky with the Color Castle stuff. But yeah, like if, if you enjoyed this and you just want to say anything, I don't really care, just jump in and or, you know, if you've like watched this and listened to this or something and you just want to tag something, go for it. Like you can just find them all online. I'd be happy to hear from anyone for sure. Like we've got so much, everyone's got so much time at the moment. Like 
responding to our message is so easy. Um, yeah. If you yeah, if you're more interested in the music stuff, then yeah, we've got. Um, if you are a musician and you're listening to this as well, we've got the Hot Sunday Records Artist Hub, which is on Facebook, and that's the community that we've been building, which is just you know, got like 250 people in there. It's a private group, but it's all DJs that all musicians, vocalists that are helping each other, want to help each other. There's not one comment of negativity in there at all. Like there's never been anything like that. It's all just people posting things um, and sharing their time. We've got YouTube videos on Spotify, um, music production, mixing, mastering. Everyone is just getting involved and helping each other out. Mm. So awesome. that's, that's probably the three main things I'd take a look at. Awesome. And um, I'll, likewise, I'll get you to send me those those links so that I can put them. Yep. For anyone listening now who just wants to message Christian on Instagram, that link will be in the description. And uh, the details about Color Castle, about Hot Sunday Records, that'll all be in the description as well. So you can just dive in there and, and, and hit the links and go from there. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's kind of it, Christian. So thanks so much, cool. dude, for sitting down. Like, it's crazy to think... We kind of only had our first yarn about a week ago and we're, <laughs> we're having this amazing deep discussion. So like, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. It's good to talk about it. And, you know, it's not always, it doesn't have to be at 5 at Revolver either. Try and program an after party or kick on at yeah. a, uh, <laughs> or a glass table in a backyard smoking diaries. Like take, take these conversations and have them in real, in the real life sober and, you know, <laughs> that's, such like a, that's probably where most of these conversations start right that's 100 percent it man and that's like that's exactly it that's the taboo thing to talk about right but it's so true and i think that's such a good way to end it is like you don't have to be half cooked at 5 a.m in a yeah. club to have a deep discussion you can actually just maybe wake up at 9 a.m and go have a coffee and say to a mate hey like i don't feel so good can i talk about it yeah yeah, yeah. you have to reach out you have you really do have to reach out because it's hard, you, you know, it's hard for people to talk about this, and that people don't know how to approach it. That's difficult. So you have to, you have to be the one that reaches out as well. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Couple of Lattes. If you enjoyed that episode, please feel free to leave a review, leave a five-star rating, and also share it with any friends that you think it might help. <laughs>